welcome back to the Resilience Institute podcast today for episode 13. Hope you enjoyed the last episode, busting some common myths in the training and fitness industry. And a sorry for the extra delay this week. I had a few people asking when the next episode was coming, uh, but it's been a bit of a busy week, but we got there in the end. Today, we are going to dive a little bit into the world of recovery. And I think this one's extremely important as these days with social media advertising and all those kind of things and and tricky marketing, there are so many ads and promotions and sales of quote unquote recovery tools and supplements and machines that are supposedly meant to increase your recovery and help you get back to training quicker and grow bigger and stronger. But the only way you can actually maximize recovery and performance and balance it with adaptation and, and things like that you, you need to be able to delicately balance training load and stress with rest and recovery. So if you have too much stress and not enough recovery, you're going to have things like injury and decreased performance. And this is typically seen during the season. So if you have high workloads and volumes and poor sleep and nutrition, um, you're, you're going to, you're, you're stressing the body too much and you're not having enough recovery. So this is where we see our injury and our decreased performance. And if you don't have enough stress and too much recovery or too much rest, you are going to have no physiological adaptation. So you're not going to get bigger, stronger, fitter, faster. And this is typically seen or commonly seen during the off season or preseason where players are into the fads of doing ice baths and, and resting too much. And this is where you can blunt adaptations to training and you, you don't give yourself enough stimulus to adapt. So there's a fine line between resting too much and not enough and training too much and not enough. And that's where we need to, to dive a little bit into today. And really, the only thing that you can actually physically purchase, uh, whether legal or illegal, are anabolic steroids. These are going to significantly increase your recovery rate. But not only do I not encourage the use of them at all, they're they're dangerous and they have many more side effects than positives. And from the people who I know who have used them or have seen talk about them, they're addictive. And once you get on them, you never go back. So steer clear. But I thought it would just be valuable to actually say there's literally really only one thing you can buy that will actually increase your recovery rate. But the way I like to think about proper recovery is a pyramid. At the bottom, we have the foundation And just like a house, without it, everything goes to absolute shit and it's going to implode on itself. Then we have the supporting structures, but they get smaller as the pyramid rises. So at the very top, the point, these are beneficial, but in a very, very small way compared to the bottom foundations. And it's it's quite literally just the cherry on top. And you can't put a cherry on top of the cake without actually baking it first, can you? Yeah, you have to bake the cake and do it properly to put that cherry on top. So today we're going to go through that pyramid of recovery in order of importance. So first, if you followed me for a little bit, you would know I'm going to say sleep. It is literally impossible to recover or grow or get fitter or stronger without sleeping enough. And I'm going to do an entire episode on sleep next week because I think it's so important. But for today, in short, sleep is literally the greatest legal performance enhancing drug that the majority of people in sport and gym and training are neglecting. But the problem is then they they don't sleep enough and then they go and spend $1,000 on a massage gun and supplements and they'll sit in an ice bath. 
ice bath for 20 minutes a day to try and recover because that's what they think repairs their body. And that's what this episode is about to make you aware of what actually does recover you. And and I won't go into too much detail because we're going over it next week, but a couple of examples are, are men who sleep five to six hours a night, they will have testosterone levels, those of those 10 years older than them. But then those same people, I guarantee you, would be the ones who go to a supplement shop and spend $140 on a testosterone boosting supplement, thinking that that's going to improve their testosterone without realizing their lack of sleep is what's decreasing it in the first place. Another one, if you get six hours or less of sleep, the next day, your time to physical exhaustion, so the amount of time it takes for you to be physically exhausted, drops by 30%. And a great example I saw from a a neuroscientist, um, he was talking about how a good example is if you prepared and you trained as hard as you can for a 10-round boxing fight, and then the night before the fight and you were ready for that 10, 10 rounds, if you slept six hours or less the night before your fight, you would, you would actually be physically exhausted by the seventh round. So it doesn't matter how much training you did, how much recovery, how much fitness, how much how on top of your nutrition you were. If you sleep six hours or less the night before your boxing match, it can drop up to 30%, just like that, overnight. Things like peak muscle strength, peak running speed, and vertical jump height, they all correlate, correlate to sleep. So the less you have sleep, uh, less sleep you have, the worse they are. And injury risk. This is the biggest one that I found to be to be so significant is forget strength training, forget your endurance and your stability and all your sports-specific fancy training drills and your bulletproofing programs. Researchers have found a perfect linear relationship between total sleep and the likelihood of injury. So um, if you sleep five hours, if you only sleep five hours compared to someone who sleeps nine, you have a 60% increase in the probability of injury, of of injury risk. So you get five hours compared to someone who has nine, you have a 60% increase in the risk of getting injured. So save your money on SUPS and recovery tools and just sleep more and you'll be shocked at how much better you recover. But we'll go into that a little bit more next week. Next, we have nutrition and hydration. So this is uh, the total amount of calories you eat, the amount of protein you have and how hydrated you are. So one, being in a calorie surplus, that's going to give your body the energy and the nutrients it it requires to repair tissue and create new tissue and recover itself. Protein, having a minimum of 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight and hydration. You're looking for clear slash faint yellow all day, regular consumption um, and especially with meals to increase absorption, but that clear faint yellow urine all day Men, on average, about three to four liters a day of water, and women, two to three on average a day. Number three, structured rest and stress management. So to maximize sports performance and hypertrophy and strength and all the numerous other physiological adaptations we strive for, you need to give your body a chance to repair itself and make itself stronger than it was the day before. So if you train intensely every single day and you don't include structured rest, you are constantly and quite literally breaking yourself down without giving it the opposite time to then go and heal itself and get bigger and stronger. And in terms of structured rest, uh, active recovery can be beneficial for those people who mentally don't like to take a full day of training, but um, it has to be, I say, maximum 50% intensity out of 100. 
uh, and that can help with reducing stiffness and, and um, psychological increasing your psychological well-being without creating that further need for recovery. So more muscle damage and nervous system stress and stuff. And that's why we've capped it at that 50% intensity. And then stress management. So I think two episodes ago now I talked about um, all things stress. And, and stress management is important to get into that parasympathetic nervous system state, which if you listen to my last episode on stress, you'd know all about. That's, that's that rest and digest um, nervous system state. Um, and if you haven't checked out the stress um, episode, go and have a look at it as it's very important to not only physical health and recovery and stuff, but mental well-being as well. Number four, we have supplements. So creatine and whey protein. And these are called supplements for a reason. They are things that are added to something else in order to complete or enhance it. And creatine and whey protein are the only really validated supplements by research that are actually proven to increase things like recovery and growth and strength. But again, they aren't the magical thing that is going to make your training and recovery successful. You have to have the foundations in check first. So for example, protein powder is awesome. It's cheap convenient to increase your daily intake but you can't rely on it alone just just to get all of your protein in you have to be eating whole nutritious and natural foods 80 to 90 percent of the time and that protein powder is the cherry on top to increase your protein consumption and number five we have massage and manual therapy and sports massage um, hasn't actually been shown to provide any benefits in terms of physical performance. So measures related to things like jumping and sprinting and strength, endurance um, and fatigue. Um, and, and many of the studies that have showed any benefits have actually been technically flawed and they have lacked validity. So you take it with a grain of salt, but when um, looking to optimize performance through things like pre-training or sport warm-ups, um, Active approaches have been shown to yield the greatest return on investment. So yes, it may have a small benefit on DOMS and flexibility, and it may even be placebo, so you might even get psychological benefits. Um, But again, massage, manual therapy, and things like that have been shown to be inferior to actual active movement. And then massage and manual therapy also can be very costly and take a lot of time. So again, it's probably not worth it. But if you like it and mentally you enjoy going and getting one and you feel good um, doing it, then by all means, go and do it. Then we have cryotherapy and, and water immersion. So this is another popular method of recovery that was has been popularized by elite athletes that use ice baths or have cold showers. But recent research has actually shown that unless you you need to perform at a high sporting level on the same day, so let's say you've got a tournament and you need to play again in two hours, unless you are in that crowd, the use of ice baths and cold water immersion isn't going to be beneficial because it can actually blunt adaptations to training and or sport and delay the healing of injuries. So when you injure yourself or, or you or you break down muscle, your body sends all these signals and all these metabolites and stuff like that that signals to the body things need to be repaired and healed and we send nutrients and stuff and swelling and all that kind of stuff. But when you ice it, you actually blunt those adaptations and you, you decrease the amount of stuff that gets sent to there and you decrease the swelling. So you can actually blunt adaptations and delay the healing of injuries. So Unless you're playing again or training again at a high level on the same day, I'd probably recommend to steer clear of it. And lastly, compression garments. So like those tights and the skins, this is again more of a if you like rather than a recommended. 
There aren't any potential negative impacts, but the research um, has shown some potential benefits. So you can get improved venous blood flow and removal of waste products after sports performance or intense training. And the compression, what it theoretically does is it compresses your, your muscles and pushes, makes everything nice and tight. And it pushes the waste products and the blood from the surface blood vessels to the deeper ones. So you can improve circulation and prevent pooling of the metabolites and waste products in your muscles. And you can decrease swelling. So it can be important um, in that. But again, um, it's, you, you, it also has been shown to potentially decrease perceived exertion and fatigue. So you may perceive that you may feel less tired and sore. And it's, it's very subjective. Um, but again, it's more of a, if you like, rather than a recommended, like I wouldn't go spending a hundred dollars on a pair of tights because the benefits are going to be pretty negligible for the cost. And that's it for all things recovery. So I've got a few exciting episodes on the way next week. We'll be, we'll dive into more, more into sleep and some practical recommendations for how to improve your sleep. And then in the following weeks, we're going to discuss, um, back pain. And then we're going to go over, um, to progressive overload and some strategies for that and much more so if there's anything you want to hear personally just shoot me a message on instagrams i love suggestions and and taking advice um, as to what people want to hear but for today that is all so until next time hate us